Welcome to episode three of I Can, the iMedia Revision podcast from Hunger Hill School. Say hello, Mr. Deutsch. Hello, Mr. Deutsch. I think we just knew that would come in, didn't you? So in this episode, as well as bad jokes, we're going to be looking at visualisation diagrams. So again, we're going to look at what it is, what it includes, who, how and when it's used, um, and then we're going to look at what a good one looks like. So, uh, first things first, what is a visualisation diagram, Mr. Doidge? Well, I, I remember it as a visualisation diagram is a visual representation of a final product. Yeah, so... V- visualisation, visual representation. Yeah, so in, in, in normal person language, <laughs> uh, the easy way of thinking about that then is it's a diagram or a rough sketch of what you intend your final product to look like. Uh, the keyword there is intend. It, it's not. It's not necessarily set in stone. It's not that you're going to draw it like this. It's going to look exactly like that. It's a rough sketch. It's a rough representation, visual representation, um, drawing diagram. I think sketch. that's quite a good play on words, though. Visual visualization is a visual representation. I think it's easy to remember. That's a lot of visuals. <laughs> it is. I mean, you're, you're right in what you said. That is. That's the. That's the definition of it. Um, but, but yeah, simply put, uh, a couple of ways you can talk about it. You can say it's a visual representation or you can say it's a drawing or sketch. Either one of those is correct. As long as you understand what it is that you're actually creating, uh, the, your definition it can be... That's the key thing. As long as you can explain to the examiner exact, exactly what it is, you can explain it in a way, as long as you get across your point. I think that's yeah. the main thing. If you understand it, if you understand what it is, you should be able to explain it. Um, if you don't understand it, you're going to struggle to explain. But, but yeah, it's a sketch, it's a plan. So, you, you do your mind, you do your mood board. You've got a, a good starting point. You've got some ideas. Now it's time to start drawing things out. So, you're going to be making a. Um, what's, let's say we're doing a poster to advertise a music festival. You draw what that poster is going to look like. You get a pencil. You get a bit of paper. You sketch it out. You know that's that's all a visualization diagram is. Now, visualization diagrams. Unlike the last two products we looked at, the mind map and the mood board, visualisation diagrams are not suitable for every product. I think um, that's important as well, because if you think about a visualisation diagram, it's it's only used for a product that is static. Now, what I mean by that is that product doesn't move. So... For example, if you were creating a video or a film or an animation, visualization diagram wouldn't be suitable because it can't it can't show the actual movement of, of the product and what, what you expect to happen from one frame to the next frame. No, so like like a video it's not you're not just looking at the same thing, are you? So if you think about a movie, a movie might be two hours long. You can't show what a movie's gonna look like in one single image, can you? So visualization's gonna be no good for that. So like Sir said there, static, when we talk about static, we mean something that doesn't move. It's just got one uh, one state, one, one, one way of looking. So things like movies, things like uh, animations, things like cutscenes from video games, all of these things, they're no good for a visualisation diagram. You wouldn't use a visualisation diagram for those because they've got, they've got moving elements to them. Obviously, you can't use a visualization diagram for anything that's not visual either. So, audio, so a podcast, for example, 
we couldn't. I mean, myself and Mr. Dodge, you can probably tell we haven't planned any of this, just by the way things are going, but we couldn't have sat down and done a visualization diagram for this podcast because there's nothing to see. Same goes for things like uh, a radio advert or an audiobook. You know, it'd be no good for things like those. You've also got things like comic books. Now, comic books are a bit of a funny one because they they are static in a way because it it's it's a drawing, it's an image, but it's multiple images. So comic books have panels. So when you read a comic book, you pick Batman up, for example, and you've got on a page you might have five, six, seven different cells, those little boxes telling the story. You can't show that entire page just with one drawing. So it's no good for a comic book either. So anything with moving parts, video, film, animation, anything that isn't visual like audio or anything that is is sort of showing something happening over time like a comic strip, it's going to be no good for that. So those are the things that it's not suitable for. What are the things that it is suitable for then? So if you think about it, if you were creating um, a poster, so a music festival poster for instance, like you said earlier, sir, that'd be suitable for that because you can show what that would look like what what you would want the final product to look like similar for a game you might have a, a PlayStation 4 game for instance and, and that you would show what you would want the final cover to look like yeah now that's the key with that one so just to pick up on what Sir said there games you have to be careful with games because you couldn't use a visualisation diagram to show the entire game because obviously it progresses there's a sequence of events you could use it for the cover. So let's say you are designing the cover for the next Call of Duty, uh, the PlayStation 5 box art, for example. You could use it for that. You couldn't use it for the game itself because the game has got scenes. It's got, you know, it, it, it changes, doesn't it, over time? So it wouldn't work for the game, but it would work for the cover art. Um, other things you could use it for as well. You could use it for uh, things like looking at covers, you could use it for CDs. DVD covers. Yeah, and I think that's important as well. It's very similar to what you've said there, so in terms of you wouldn't use it for the comic book panels, but you could use it for the comic book cover. Yeah. You, you could use it for covers. It, it, most most things, just think about a, a product that, that doesn't move, and you could use it for that if you were designing something that was to be printed, for example. Yeah, that's it. I think if you think about your product, if your product could be printed, then you can use a visualization diagram for it. It's not to say that you can't use it for anything that couldn't be printed, but that's a good that's a good point. You could use it for parts of products, video games, uh, title screen, for example. So uh, let's let's use Call of Duty. I know a lot of people play that. You log on to Call of Duty. Uh, you're at your main title where you select your game mode. You could use a visualization diagram to show that. You could use another visualization diagram to show the screen where you select your weapons. You know, mobile apps, for example, you could use a visualization to show what the homepage of it might look like. Um, you know, you can use them for these sorts of things. Although they have got moving parts, you can use it for stuff like that. You know, web pages, books, magazine covers, those sorts of things. They'll all they'll all be suitable for a visualization diagram. I think it's also important just at this point to mention that um, that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't any pre-production documents that we could use to create. Um, a, a, a game for or, or, or a, a video. No, absolutely, yeah. There are pre-production documents which we will cover um, over the next few episodes but the key thing is to recognise that 
an actual visualization diagram can only be suitable for certain products. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when we come on to later on, we'll look at things like storyboards and scripts, and you'll start to see that you know it's the same with those. They will work for certain things, but not for others. So you need to be able to understand which visualization, sorry, which pre-production document is going to be suitable for which kind of product. You know, you need to be able to identify what the most appropriate document is going to be. And in fact, that is a question that can come up in the exam. It might say, this company want you to develop this kind of product. What is the most appropriate pre-production document? And yeah, you can use my map, yeah, you can use mood boards, but what they're normally asking you for there is uh, what is one of the later stage or the more appropriate later stage uh, pre-production documents so this is the sort of thing that starts to get your ideas down in a bit more of a, a final form if that makes and sense and I think it's to well it is it's to, it's to show your understanding of that as well and that's the reason that they're doing it they're not doing it to trick you but they're doing it to so that you can show your understanding of well actually a video a visualisation diagram wouldn't be suitable for a video so it might it might give you a, a, a brief where it says um, X videos want you to create um, a new game, for example, a, a new video cutscene for a game. Now, a pre-production document, you wouldn't use a visualization diagram for that because that wouldn't be suitable, as we've just said. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's it's about knowing what to use and when. So, in terms of what a visualization diagram can contain, then, now, this is going to vary a little bit depending on the product that it is that you're creating um, but you've got a lot of common things that that will be that will appear across most visualization diagrams so your most common one then is probably going to be images so we've already talked about the fact that a visualization diagram is a sketch you can't really have a sketch if you haven't got an image to show what it's going to look like so straight away there um, images showing the actual cover of the book the DVD case, the website page, whatever, is your most obvious one. After that then, you've got colours. So again, your, your, your visualisation diagram, um, I think it's worth noting here, you don't colour it in in your exam. Don't spend time actually going and colouring your design. What you need to do instead is you need to label your colours. And we'll come back to labelling in just, just a little while. You should definitely reference your colours. It should be really clear to the examiner what colours you're looking at. Um, what colour your title going to be, what colour is your background going to be, etc. But you don't want to spend time actually going away and colouring this in. Another thing that you might need to include um, in a visualisation diagram is your logo. So again, if you are um, given a scenario where it, it's a company, you might also include that. So for instance, if you were doing a visualisation diagram for a website, you might want to include the company logo in the top corner, for instance. Yeah, I tell you what, let's let's think of a scenario for this one. I think we've used website a, a bit, so should we say, let's say game. Okay, so there's a, a new mobile game, uh, Happy Hamsters. Happy Hamsters is a new mobile game, and they've asked you to create uh, an advert to go on the App Store. Okay, they're probably going to have a logo. So that logo needs to go somewhere, doesn't it? So part of your visualisation diagram is going to show where that, that logo is going to appear um, on your layout. So that's another thing that we need to uh, point out. So obviously your visualisation diagram is going to need a suitable layout. Now, again, depending on the product, the type of product will depend on the layout. 
So, for instance, if you are doing a game, you might want to show the home screen. So that's going to have to have a suitable layout on there. So you're going to need to include content. You're going to need to include maybe um, a way of navigating around or some some form of buttons to move to the next screen, for instance. Yeah, I, I think the key here is that there isn't one correct answer for, for the layout. So unlike your mood board and my map, which were quite prescriptive, the layout here is is going to change depending on the product that you're creating um, and the, the theme that you've been given as well. But the key to, to using a, a good layout is making sure that everything's got enough space, the things that you expect to be where they are are there. So your title, you'd expect it at the top, your logo, you'd expect it in one of the corners. It's What they're going to be looking at for your layout really is would that layout be suitable for the product you've been asked to create? Just on that, I also think that we need to look out for when we are doing this. If there is any audience that we have been set as a criteria, so for instance, if it was aimed at a younger audience, and I mean we've done lots and lots of work on audience, so we should be really familiar with with audience now. Um, If it's a younger audience, then your layout might be less text, more images, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that we need to consider. You know, the examiner might also look at that in terms of, and and we'll come on to sort of annotating it and and making our, getting our points across in that way in a second, but if you're using less less text and more images, you probably may be including that for a younger audience. If you're including more text, less images, or smaller images or smaller font size then maybe that would be for an older audience and that's another thing that you need to consider in terms of your layout and where things are going to be yeah you, you need to tailor your layout to the the audience and the purpose so you know the purpose of the product you've been asked to create and the people that you're creating it for those are those are two things that you need to consider uh with with, with your layout when you when you're doing that now so you mentioned text text is also something that you can use uh, or can include on a visualization diagram now, if you think back to when we talked about mood boards, we sort of warned you about using the term text instead of font, and it's still the case here, but you can you can include text as well as font. So when we talk about text, we are talking about actual written content, and that might be appropriate for your diagram. So if you were doing a book cover, for example, your book cover is going to have a blurb on it. It's going to have some text explaining what the book's about. You would want that on there. Now you wouldn't necessarily need to write it, you could draw a little box and you could put blurb and then you could explain that in your annotations. Font is also something you need to consider. So with font, we're thinking about font style, so the way that your text looks. Uh, We are thinking about font colour, we're thinking about font size, is it bold, is it underlined, etc. And one of the easiest ways you can do this, if you can, is just to draw the font out. If you can't though, you don't need to remember every single font name. And in fact, your examiner's not going to know them all. What you could do is you could just write it in, in a standard sort of handwritten way that you would write something normally. And then you could explain that and you could say, this font is going to be uh, bubble writing and it's going to have a shadow on it. So you don't have to be an artist. Nobody here is looking for the next Monet or Picasso or whoever else. What we're looking for is a well-explained visualization diagram and that brings us on to our last element and our most important element. Yeah, so the annotations then which I mentioned earlier just just in terms of the layout and again this comes back to all of this really you need to sort of explain why you've included 
certain elements at certain points. So, for instance, as I said, and I'm going to use layout as an as, ex, as an example again. Um, you may include bigger images or more images and you might want to annotate that and say the purpose behind that the reason why you've done that remember the key thing to good annotations is to justify and remember to justify means to explain why you have done it in simple terms i have done this because i've included this because yeah it's kind of like arguing your point isn't it yeah so like i might say to mr doidge um man united are better than liverpool and then he'd say, no, they're not. And I'd say, yeah, they are. And this is why. And I would have to then back up my argument. And he'd say, no, Liverpool are better because they So it's about backing up what you think. It's about being able to sort of say, this is what I think. This is why I think it. Or in this case, this is what I've done. And this is why I've done it. So your annotations are really a fundamental part of this. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit more detail um, when we talk about how we actually go ahead and uh, create this a little bit later on. So, when we look at our visualization diagrams then, they are a pre-production document, so that means that they are created pre-production, so in other words, before beginning a product. Why then do we create these visualization diagrams? So, what are the reasons why we go ahead and make these in the first place? Well, I think to answer that question, I think that Obviously, when we when we first initially come up with an idea, we need to see what it's going to look like before we put that into practice or before we create it, or before we pass it on to someone else that's going to create it. They need to know exactly what we're thinking. So they can help us to decide what to include on our product or what not to include on our product. Yes. So it might be that we come up with an idea and actually um, you've included a certain element and when you come to creating the product, you don't think that that works on it and the, the thing about visualization diagrams is they don't have to be exactly the same as the final product no but they allow you to plan for for what you think it's going to look like so one of the first reasons then that we use a visualization diagram is to plan the content and the layout so to actually think about where do i want things to be and what do i want to actually include and by doing that you save yourself a massive amount of time if you were to start building a website and you didn't have a good idea of where things were going to go if you were making your happy little hamsters game and you didn't know what was going to go on the, the advert on the front cover or on the character selection screen, it's going to take you longer because you're going to find that you make mistakes, you do things that you're not happy with, you decide on a different idea. So being able to plan that content and that layout before you actually go ahead and start um, making is, is just going to make things that little bit easier for you. And that sort of leads into the next thing. To, to show what our final product is going to look like and to sort of try and avoid the unexpected, I suppose, so that everyone has got an idea of what it is they should be making. So, you know, you, let's say we're making our happy little hamsters game and we're passing this visualization diagram onto a team of 10 people uh, who are going to go ahead and make the, the different screens for the game. You don't want 10 different versions of that. You want people to be working on the same page. So you want people to be able to know, well, actually on every page, the title's going to go here, the logo's going to go here, and then this is what's going to be going to be here, and this is what colour it's going to be, and what font it's going to be. So it's to help us to, to show what our final product is going to look like. And importantly as well, these visualisation diagrams, and this is key because this is, this is a little different to the other products, the visualisation diagrams, they are usually shared with your client. So Mr. Doidge has 
he works for a hamster pet store somewhere. Hamster pet store owner. Hamster pet store owner. Hamster pet store owner, and he's he really likes his hamsters, so he's come to me and he said, "I want you to make me a happy little hamsters game." And he said, "Well, these are my ideas. Go away and make it." Imagine if I spent six months making this. Went to Mr. Doyle and he said, "No, I absolutely hate it. You've used the wrong type of hamster. I like this hamster. You've used that hamster." Well, that's a lot of work for me to have to go and do again, isn't it? It's a lot of time wasted, and it's going to cost me money. So, I go away, I draw my visualisation diagram up, it still takes me time, but then when I go to Mr Doge and he says, no, you've used the wrong type of hamster, I can just swap that out quite easily, either on a new visualisation diagram or I can just sort of say, oh, okay, well, I'll make sure I edit that. It saves me a lot of time, okay? It means that I'm not having to, to redo something if my client isn't happy with it. So, another reason then, so, so the two main reasons then really, to summarise, because I feel like I'm waffling a little bit here, I've got off track with those hamsters. So the main reason that we use it then is to plan the content and the layout and to show what our final product is gonna look like or to show other people what our final product is gonna look like. Okay, so who used the visualization diagram then? So um, two people or two groups of people. Groups of people. And not just two people, <laughs> yeah. Um, the one that Mr. Short's just been talking about there in his long waffly speech, <laughs> the client. <laughs> so, Miss, Mr. Dodge was the happy hamsters. Um, happy little hamsters. Happy little, oh, it's happy little happy hamsters. Little, get, it, get it right, sir. Um, obviously, as Mr. Short said, if he passed that on to me and I didn't like that, then I could tell him straight away and he could go back and, and change that visualisation diagram or he could edit it in the final product, which obviously couldn't happen if he just created the final product off the cuff. So that's one person or group of people that might use that. Because remember, a client doesn't just have to be a particular person, it could be a company. So they would look at that and say, actually, yeah, that's good to go, or we might need to make some changes on that. Yeah, so that would give you the green light. Yeah. So say, so yeah, I, you know, I like your design, happy with how it looks, off you go. Or they say at that point, actually, you know what, can you do that a little bit differently? Or maybe they change their mind. And they say, actually, we want happy little guinea pigs. The second, <laughs> the second um, group of people or people that might use this is, is the production team. And remember, these are the people that are going to be making the product. So again, we've looked at these two um, groups of people before. So the clients, people that have hired to do the job, and the production team is the people that are going to be making the, the product. So they want to know what it's going to look like. And as Mr. Short quite rightly pointed out earlier as well, so we've sort of covered these points... Um, is they want to make sure that, again, you don't want the production team to one one person be using blue and one person be using green, or different styles of, of fonts, for instance. So you want to make sure that everything that's being produced by the production team is the same and that the client is happy with it. So that's who uses the, the visualisation diagrams. So production team who produce the product, Again, to make sure that everything's consistent, and I use that word consistent, uh, which means that everything's the same. And then secondly, the client to make sure, again, that they've given us the green light and that they're happy with it, so that we're not wasting that time, um, money, and energy to, to do that. I think that's really important as well. Yeah, I think I think it's like a lot of the visual, like a lot of the pre-production documents. The visualization diagram really is a time-saving tool, isn't it? It sort of it just saves on that waste of time. Now, in terms of your exam, 
you could get asked to create a visualization diagram in your exam and if you get asked to do that you will be sketching out a product so uh, a few little tips there on how you would answer that sort of question first thing you would do it in pencil you would always do it in pencil and you would not color it in you don't need to color it in you would explain your colors in your annotations instead now you have to be careful with that because saying saying not to color it in is going to save you time and, and you've got to remember you are you are working towards time constraints but you must make sure you include that in your annotations and you should be aiming to say why so it's no good saying that the happy little hamsters logo we've got we've got away from guinea pigs i don't like guinea pigs happy little hamsters logo is going to be uh blue and pink why okay the happy little hamsters logo will be blue and pink because it will appeal to both males and females that would be a justification so that is how you would justify things like your colors so you're creating a visualization diagram uh, similar to your other products it's going to be worth seven marks in your exam so the first thing that they're going to be looking at for in this particular product like all your products is going to be a suitable layout now the layout for this there isn't a set layout they're going to look at your visualization diagram they're going to consider the product that you've been asked to draw a visualization diagram for and then they're going to decide whether they think that is suitable or not now you can help them by making sure that your your drawings are neat so if you've got a nice neat easy to follow drawing straight away there that's putting you on the right track so even if it's not the most appropriate if it's neat and it's easy to follow you could probably still get a few marks for it the other thing to think about is that it is relevant for the context so in other words if you're being asked to create a visualization diagram for a website you need to make sure that your layout is suitable for a website so you wouldn't want your buttons at the bottom of the page that wouldn't make sense you wouldn't want your title to go down the side it wouldn't make sense so you need to make sure that it's suitable clear and easy to follow and relevant to the, to the topic to the content that you're working on yeah there. i think just to add into that as well i think another key point in terms of that is if you're creating a product you need to make sure that for example if you're doing a poster that it's the shape of the poster as well you, you, yeah, you want to make I, sure that it's it, you know it's not often that you'll see a square poster for instance but no, you sometimes know what? you'll see people drawing squares and then that is a good shout actually because you you get given a space to create your visualization diagram and your space is normally a rectangle um, that is taller than it is wide so it's kind of it kind of looks like a, a sheet of a4 drawn on your page that does not mean though that your drawing should go edge to edge so like sir said there if you were creating a website how many how many monitors how many screens are laid out like that well they're not are they so you would need to think about that when you were creating your product you know you might draw yourself a box within it okay so you'd need to consider um, the the product that you're making when you're drawing the shape and the size of it um, you know if you're gonna put an image on there think about the shape of it think about the size of it these are all things that you need to consider yeah. so um, another thing then is obviously as sir said earlier the, the color scheme um, is really is really important and it's important to show that and again do not waste time coloring the diagram in annotate with colors so for instance um, if you're doing the happy hamsters happy little, happy little hamsters happy come little on sir so get it right <laughs> and you might have a you might have a sunshine in the top corner you don't have to color that in 
yellow for instance you might just an annotate and put I've included yellow to represent um, happy yeah and that's the thing as well like if you did a if you put a sun in the top left hand corner and you called it in yellow don't say the sun is yellow because the sun is yellow you know <laughs> you're laughing sir but we've seen it haven't we we've seen people do stuff like this the grass is green because the grass is green yeah we, I mean, we know these things sometimes you don't need to justify the colours sometimes you don't need to mention it you know if the grass is green because it's green fine it's green but like sir said there happy little hamsters if you're trying to use the sun to make it feel happy and joyful and summery you say that you know I've included the sun in here because it's yellow and yellow is a warm and happy colour you know not uh, the, not the sky is blue because the sky is blue yeah I think that's I think again this comes back to the, looking at the brief as well and what they actually want from this because if if the happy little hamsters um you love that name <laughs> I can tell you do if the happy little hamsters were were I don't know nature loving for instance you might you might say for instance like I said you might not want to point out that the grass is green otherwise but if that says that in the brief you might want to say I've, I've the grass is green to represent nature and the client brief says that yeah happy little hamsters are, are nature loving for instance you might want to reference that because it makes sense because it's suitable to explaining that certain things can be inferred from your design so certain things are, are obvious in other words so you know if you if you were to draw some sea you would expect it to be blue. You don't need to mention the stuff that is that is common sense necessarily, unless there's a reason for it to be that colour. Like like Sir said, you know, the, the sun represents this, the grass represents this. But then there are other things that you've got no way of knowing unless you give that information. So nobody can tell what colour your title is going to be, what colour your font is going to be, what colour that button is going to be, unless you specifically tell them that. So don't feel like you've got to explain every little bit of colour on there. Only explain it if it needs to be explained. So if if, if there's a reason why that colour is there to represent something, for example, or if you can't infer it, in other words, if you can't look at it and know straight away, like your title, what colour it's going to be. So the other thing that we're going to be looking at then, so we've talked about layout, we've talked about colour, we've talked about content, so the content being relevant to the, the actual topic. Um, that entirely depends on the topic it entirely depends on what it is that we are talking about um, but your justifications your annotations are a way of you explaining that and then the other thing that they're going to look at then is things like spacing things like your use of white space so you know you've not made things too cramped you've not made things too spread out it's it's kind of common sense isn't it you know so long as your visualization diagram looks like the product you expect it to look like you're on the right tracks but the key and I cannot stress this enough the key is always going to be your annotations why have you done that how does it help the product meet its purpose how does it appeal to your target audience why have you included that for your client brief you know these are all the things that you need to make sure that you're looking at so Visualization diagram then. To sort of summarize, your visualization diagram sketch. It's a sketch, it's a drawing, it's a, it's a visual representation of what you plan on your final product looking like. Okay? Only suitable for static products. So remember, 
you wouldn't use a visualization diagram for a video or a film or audio or this podcast for instance but you would use it for a static product such as a poster a cover for a game or a cover for a comic or a cover for a magazine and remember I'm saying a cover uh, web pages maybe um, pages of a mobile app or a menu for a game yeah flyers uh, logos mascots um, I've yeah. seen it before in an exam where they've asked you to create a mascot so think about think about Donny Dog for example you know somebody at some point came up with that design you're looking at me weird there so is that not what it's called I don't know <laughs> right. I, I was thinking you were going to say happy little hamster mascot oh well, yeah we could do a happy little hamster mascot but I, well, I was thinking that Danny Rover's mascot. Oh, it might be Danny Dog. <laughs> well, if it's not Danny Dog, and you know, we know what we're talking about now anyway. But yeah, a mascot. So at some point, someone's designed that. So they've come up with a visualisation diagram for it. They've drawn it out. They've explained it. They've written it all down. Okay, so that's, that's something else that you can use it for as well. So content then. Images, obvious one. Colours, another obvious one. Got to think about your layout. Got to think about text. Got to think about font, font style, font size, font colour might include logos on there but your most important one by a million miles is always going to be your annotations so it doesn't matter how good your drawing is you know you can draw stick figures if you're asked, if your cover needs a, a, a man on there and you can draw a stick figure if you can't do anything else I mean try but if you can't draw a stick figure annotate it as long as it's explained well you're on the right lines you're alright there just remember though again if it says list four things that can be included other than annotations please do not put annotations yeah always read your question carefully make sure you are understanding fully what you've been asked to do so um, again why do we use visualisation diagrams then so to plan the content and layout of a product of a static product to show how you intend or expect your final product to look yeah and that's that's for that's for a couple of different people as well so it's, it's, it's for you so you know what you're drawing um, but the people that are going to be using this production team, so the people that are going to go away and actually make this product, and also your client as well. So, Mr. Doidge is going to see my drawings for Happy Little Hamster before he decides whether he wants it. You don't shake your head at me, sir. I've got, I'm going to, I might make this game. So, the clients and your production team are the people that are going to be using this for. So, I think that's um, pretty much covered it for visualization diagram. I think we'll leave that. Uh, leave that one there. Leave that one there. Bit of a car crash, that one. But um, just before we do go, just a couple of uh, uh, sort of thoughts to leave you with. It's it's about looking at the context of the question. It's about looking at what you've been asked to make and making sure that what you draw meets the purposes and the needs of your client. And then, you know, again, just a reminder that all diagrams, including your visualisation, it always wants to be drawn in pencil. You don't necessarily have to draw it to the edges of the box that you're given, because depending on the product, you might have different shapes. But you certainly don't want this tiny little diagram in the middle somewhere. You know, if you decide that you're not going to use that whole rectangle, use the rest of the space to, to annotate. So I think that's probably about it for um, visualization diagrams. Unless there's anything you can think of to add there. No, I think I think we've covered. Okay, so if you join us uh, next episode, um, I think next episode is that storyboards. We're storyboards. We're going to have a little look at storyboards in our next episode.